We're back to the Neil Haley Show, and we talk about storytelling so much in everything from blog posts to everything, but kids love stories. And my guest today is the co-founder of Fabulingual, Leslie Amana Vega. Leslie, thanks for stopping by. And storytelling, that's when you came up with this idea to create this app, adding video, mobile gaming and storytelling because it was such a great fit because kids love stories, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, in actual fact, the research on language acquisition um, is very clear that the content that you're learning has to be not just interesting, it's got to be compelling to the learner, right? Now, what a child finds compelling is very different to an adult, which is why you can't just repurpose adult content to teach or content oriented to adults to teach children. And it's why stories work so well with kids, because kids have found stories compelling you know, since the dawn of time and certainly since the dawn of Winnie the Pooh. So this is how we've always engaged kids, right? The arc of a story is something that innately is interesting. You want to find out what's next. It's compelling. It's got your attention. And that is so crucial in language learning, right? To have somebody's attention. It's all about attention. And so stories are the oldest vehicle also for teaching content to mankind. We've been telling stories since you know time and memoriam in order to transmit what one generation knows to the next so it's it's embedded in our psyche to be interested in stories um it's why netflix series do so well right is it's it's the old kind of story what happens next so that's why stories are so powerful in a lot of contexts but in particular for kids learning languages the other reason that stories are re really uniquely effective for teaching children languages is that they are language in context. That's what you want to be learning, language in context. And in the context of a narrative, of something that's happening, of an interaction between two characters, that's kind of like the real world, right? It's not flashcards, which is apple, manzana, you know, like that's not very helpful to anyone. You want to know, you know, what do you do with the apple? Did you eat it? Did you spit it out? Did you cut it in two? You know, those are the things that are imitate, like they, they are those everyday things. And so learning the language in context is so important. The other thing that it does is it teaches you grammar in context in a story, right? Stories are set in different tenses, different people are speaking, first person, second, third person. It's, it's this richness of the language that we have every day that happens inside a story. So you don't sit there and just go, oh, you know what? I'm going to do a story that's all in present tense and absolutely nothing else. That's kind of not how good stories work, you know? And you sometimes have like, you know, bits of more sophisticated grammar, which, you know, may not officially be in unit two of the story, but they're, they're how people speak. And so therefore it's important to get it out there. Um, and so stories are extraordinarily powerful ways to learn a second language in particular for kids because they really, you know, grab their imagination and they make them they're compelling to children they make them want to know what comes next what happens next um the other thing about stories especially stories that maybe have like a series is you get you get familiar with one character and then you want to know in the next story and then in the next book in the series what do they get up to that time you know what are they doing now it's like um and and that's also a secondary very powerful effect of stories where if it's just a textbook with unit one unit two unit three 
it's like, oh, Peter did this and Paul did that. And it's kind of not interesting because Peter and Paul don't have a story. They don't have a background. They don't have a history between them that they're not going to be rivals. They're just like, they're not interesting. And that's why interesting stories are, are hugely important for learning a language. No, absolutely. It's so true because it's like you, you look at yourself and you say to yourself, stories do this, stories do that. And you're like, wow, it's a, it's this, it's this wow factor that comes into it. Let's go to this next question I have. And this is a, how can you explain how Fabulingua incorporates storytelling into its language learning curriculum? Well, it doesn't incorporate it. It is actually based 100% on storytelling. Um, it, our teaching is entirely through stories. So basically, you land on the island of Fabulingua, you go, there's lots of locations, and inside each location are various characters. And like in the real world, you're going to get to know this new magical land that you've landed in by speaking to the locals, hearing their stories. And so you tap one of the characters, the cat or the turtle or the frog, and they tell you a story, one of their stories. And as they're telling you the story, we have this learning path and you'll hear the story over and over again in a slightly different way. And as you progress through that learning path for that story, you start to master that story. And then all of the language that comes with that story just becomes second nature in you because um, stories are so compelling and their content really sticks. Like people really remember stories as opposed to facts. Um, so um, the first, the way our patent is that the first time you listen to the story, um, if you don't speak that language, we're going to make it comprehensible. And we do that through this, this magical translation is what the name of the patent is that, that gets kind of woven into the narrative of the story. So the, 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 the text for, for each page is all in the target language, Spanish for the moment. And as we read the target language, we'll do like a little simultaneous translation. Like if you had a little simultaneous translator right next to you, we use a lot of cognates. So it's not a perfect translation. It's very cognate heavy so that it's comprehensible. And um, that way, by the end of that page, you understand what that page is about. And then the next time you come and read the, the story in the second mode, you no longer need the translation. I mean, you can go back and do it if you want to, but then you can focus on other aspects of it and you've kind of no longer need the translation for all of the second, third, fourth, and fifth ways that you consume that story. Um, so for example, it would say, the text would say, el perro se fue. And then the translation would say, the dog went a la playa, to the beach, y se encontró, and he met un tiburón, a shark. And so the kid's like, Okay, so what happened, like, they don't care whether it's Spanish or English. They just know they understood it, right? And they're just waiting. Well, what happened with the dog and the shark? Did the shark eat the dog? Did they become friends? You know, did they, what, what happened? So that's why the power of the story, they're kind of then, like, wanting the next page. Um, and it turns out, then they understand that story. And that's comprehensible input. So we use stories to create comprehensible input. And the science has shown that the more comprehensible input that a child is exposed to, the more they'll learn. It's a linear relationship. So we use a lot of stories for you to expose, get exposed to a lot of comprehensible input so you can learn a lot. But we don't just provide comprehensible input. We also provide the second time you go through a story, you do a lot of imitation of the narrator. So your pronunciation gets fine tuned. So you develop near native pronunciation. 
And then we have lots of little mini games between each story reading that you do that kind of like little games and matching games for vocabulary, matching games for, you know, like scrambled syllables of the vocabulary in the story. So we kind of like layer in all these other things to the comprehensible input so that you're you're really learning through what linguists have determined is best practice for learning a second language, which is just to be exposed to as much comprehensible input as possible in a way that's compelling. Stories are compelling to kids, so it's the perfect formula. What role does imagination play in language acquisition? Oh, imagination is huge. Imagination is part of that what's going to happen next, right? Because whenever we get to a part of a story where we don't know what happens next, our imagination kicks in. We have these hypotheses about, I think it may be this, maybe this, or maybe it's that, it's that. And so imagination gets you engaged in what's going to be the outcome. Where is that story developing? And that engagement is part of what's making a story compelling which is what's essential for language learning. So it plays a huge role. If you were just passively, whatever, not interested, not exercising your imagination as you read a story, you wouldn't be as engaged. How are the stories in Fabulingua uh, carefully crafted to align with language learning goals and developmental milestones? So we we craft our stories. Um, we know, we, we kind of layer in, we start off with, the easiest and we layer in vocabulary and concepts and everything so that we are taking you on a path that progressively becomes more advanced but still kind of goes back and layers in some previous concepts that you've done so we have that kind of background we try not to make it very obvious to the student that that that's what's happening but there's there's a curriculum and a and a thoughtfulness behind there that um that takes you gently up a curve of proficiency. And so that, you know, by the end of it, you're actually reading some pretty substantial stories in Spanish. How does Fam Fabulingua ensure cultural authenticity and diversity in their storytelling content? Oh, we do that because, you know, we've, um, all our stories are written and illustrated. For example, right now, our main language is that we teach Spanish to English speakers and all of our stories are written and illustrated by Latin American or Spanish um, artists and authors. So we make them culturally authentic by going to the source. Um, and so we don't necessarily, you know, have a story about bullfighting or tortillas, but they are written and illustrated by Latin American and Spanish authors. So there's just like a lot of subtleties, you know, for example, I don't know, the architecture in the streets that are depicted, if it's a Latin American illustrator, will feel really Latin American, you know? Um, that, those sorts of, uh, of, of things, the subtleties of like what somebody's eating, the little boys having chiles in nogada, which are chilies that are stuffed with a little white sauce and, and like pomegranate seeds on top. That's not what an American kid has for a nice dinner. So. That, that sort of stuff. But it's not in your face, like, we're going to have a lesson on cultural authenticity. It's just part of the fabric of the story. And you're able to basically weave it in so it just seems fun and they're getting to learn another culture at the same time as learn a new language. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. That's fantastic, for, for sure. And uh, how does Fabulingua encourage active participation and engagement during storytelling? Yeah, so we're our stories are interactive. They are not. There are plenty of things out there 
or you can find the PDF of the story. Um, and that's like a impoverished version of the real story in a book, right? So we really wanted to not just be a PDF of a story because at that point, just read the physical book. Um, we wanted to say, wow, these devices that all our kids have are kind of magical. Like, let's, let's lean into that magic. So all of our stories are interactive. The narrator reads the story to you with a magical translation in the first time or not in the second and third time. And then once they're done reading, the story comes to life. It becomes magically interactive and you touch the frog and he leaps and he jumps up and he goes into the water and he swims across to whatever. And every other, there's a, a ton of other things. So for example, let's say that the story is set, like that page is in somebody's living room. There's a chair, there's a table, there's a window, there's a flower pot. All of those can be interacted with and you will hear the word in Spanish and in English first time around and then just the word in Spanish. And actually in our new version of uh, of Fabulingua, there's actually magic, there's some gold keys behind some of these elements. So you're actually even encouraged even more to interact with all the elements in the page to find those Easter eggs um, that will then allow you to buy more treasure chests in our our, um, shop, buy more treasure chests in our shop. Um, So, that interactivity is crucial because that means that the language that you're learning isn't just the language in the text of the story. It's the language in the visual context, in the illustration of the story, because the story may not talk about tables and chairs. That's not a very interesting story to talk about tables and chairs. And yet they're part of our everyday life. So you learn them there. And so they're interactive. And then, of course, what I said before is we have all these little mini games in each story. And so that takes all the vocabulary and all of the stuff you've learned in the story and tests you in a really fun way about what you've learned. That makes it very interactive as well. As well. But probably the favorite interactivity that, um, that, that that is not passive is the imitation part of it, right? So the kids, the second time they listen to a story, it's called copycat. And so the narrator reads, el perro se fue. And then the child records their voice trying to imitate the narrator perfectly. El pedo se fue a la playa, a la playa. Y se, y se encontró. <laughs> anyway, so, and then it gets played back to the kids and they hear the narrator and themselves side by side for each chunk of phrase. And you can really, they, they can, A, they crack up because like there's not been a kid in the world ever who's not just found the sound of their own voice on a recording really amusing so they are they find it amusing they find it hilarious so a it's a lot of fun and introducing fun into everything is is actually very good for language learning but b they find it uncomfortable to not sound like the narrator so then the next time they listen in they're really paying attention like their ears open up and they're really focused on how do the narrator say it and i'm going to imitate them almost perfectly and kids are so good at that that they just very soon have got this near native pronunciation so it's very different, very, very interactive. It's not a passive experience. We do have um, all of the stories, the comprehensible input. You know, we do realize that some families can't afford, um, you know, the the uh, $8.99 a month uh, for the app. So we do have all of Fabulingua's stories for every single page available on YouTube with the comprehensible input. So if that's all you can afford, definitely go to YouTube and check that out. It'll be really helpful. But that is a passive experience. It's not your kid getting in there and interacting. So that's the big, big difference, right? When you interact, you just learn so much more.
All right. Best place to go are two places. One, you can download it at the App Store or Google Play, but also fabulingua.com to learn more information about you, about the app and everything. But you can just download it today by just going to the App Store or Google Play, right? That's right. All right. Appreciate it, Leslie. All right. You're listening to watching The Neil Haley Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 